Welcome to Moon is Our Future. This is with a mindset of abundance today. We're going to talk about abundance mindset. And this is something which is so fundamental for our generation, the 2020 generation, Ikhvaz de Mashiach, as we spoke about last week. We're a generation which needs that expanded mindness to be able to go ahead, that mindfulness that intentional living and to understand that these teachings are being poured upon us like the rain that's been coming down the last few weeks in the Holy Land. And even though it's a little bit cold out there, if we internalize it inside on an inner level and we warm up a little bit our being, so then we should be able to experience the light this generates. I'm happy to say today, this week, everything's working, the live feed, and uh, we got our nice video, so we'll come out edited another few days, thanks to the Brez of Israel team, and we want to thank again Rav Shalom Arish for hosting our class in his wonderful institute in Chut Chesed in Yushalayim. Wow, every time I say that, I live, and I merit to live and have a home in Jerusalem is a big deal. It's not like, you know, that in itself is already a great way to start this attitude of gratitude, a mindset of appreciation that not everyone in the world is fortunate to be able to live in Jerusalem. One day when the Messiah comes, it says that this whole place will expand. Jerusalem will expand to the size of Eretz Israel, and Eretz Israel, the Holy Land, will expand to the, to the whole world. And the world will unify, literally, physically, like I remember back in the day. And it will be like an image of an eye, Basayan. The whole world will come with the, the kindness of Hashem surrounding like the waters. And then inside we'll have the land of Eretz Israel. And inside that, right at the center is Yushalayim and the base of Migdash. It will all unify, all the continents, seven continents. If you put them together like a puzzle, they all come to one center. And that's a very big focus that you should know about this idea. It's a very deep concept, but mystically. But the idea that every person's eye has within it a connection to the soul, is a window to the soul, and is a big insight to the ultimate destination of mankind, that we will become one. And that's why there's so much going down with the eyes. They're very deep and very mystical. And I know myself, I have a Relationship Flow podcast. I talk about there how when I looked into the eyes of my wife-to-be, on our first dates all those years ago. Wow, aging myself. Even got a few gray hairs. Yeah. So all those years ago, like say, let's say 18 years in the summer, a bit more. And that time I was able to see in the eyes of my wife that she was my soulmate, because that was the place that's where you see that connection, that that point of soul connection. And that's the kind of mindset we're looking for in our weekly class today, to understand that there's not just abundance in physicality, in money. You know, I'm sitting in New Shalim, you know, I'm not wearing my Armani suit, unfortunately, and uh, I don't have my Ted Baker top and shirt or whatever, or whatever it is nowadays. <clears throat> I don't have that kind of wealth monetarily, but we do have an abundance of spirituality living in Jerusalem, and that's something which is very big gift for this generation when the world is so focused on abundance materially that to have an abundance of spirituality is a very big blessing. Like I have to literally 
living in Yerushalayim, choose, you know, where to go to that's going to be spiritual, how much time to give to it. You know, someone was just hitting me up just before this class, you know, could we get together, make a little for brain and, you know, what, what was going on, Tu Bishvat, right now, Tu Bishvat, special time of internalization. And he was asking me, you know, where, where do I come? I just flew in now, this minute from Toronto and I want to get together. And I'm like, you know, like uh, most of the stuff was last night. You know, I was at my Rebbe last night in, in the Tolna Rebbe in Jerusalem. And he was giving out all the fruits and everything. And back in the day, I was by the Kalevar Rebbe and other Rebbe's. And I've even had some jam from Ravorish, from the Esrog. And it was a special like time. So there's so much going on in Jerusalem. So much to be appreciative of. So much to say thank you. And Todal Hashem. And I also thank everybody who listens, anybody who shares. Thank God we see the English program is growing. It can definitely grow more. And the good news is we do have a new class from Rav Yonatan Gale coming out soon. There's a little bit of a delay. His ninth class of our Muna Universal Garden of Amuna series. And all of you who've commented and given feedback, it's so appreciated. And of course, as Rav Dainel Grad, I myself got chizik today with the Shekhyanu concept. When you eat a fruit, two bishvat now, and you eat a fruit and you say a blessing, is there's a way to do it. And the whole idea of blessing on a fruit is part of this concept of abundance. Now, how do we have an abundance mindset? As we're going to quote now, Tony Robbins. So it's about gratitude, attitude of gratitude. We mentioned that before. And it's about getting rid of our limited beliefs and having an empowered mindset, a mindset of success, a mindset of I can do this, not I can't, but I can. And I'm able to, and I have the ability. I have God-given abilities that nobody else in the world has. I've been given my specific divine mission that no one else in the whole world has. Thank you. That nobody else has this opportunity to sit in Jerusalem and say over Amunah's Our Future Ideas from Rav Shalom Morish's Garden of Amuna series and all of my personal experiences and then quote a famous talented person like Tony Robbins Abdul, someone who's given out so much energy to the world you know, if anyone saw I'm not a guru or any of his classes or there was a website link I was looking at about the mindset of abundance. You know, he's one of the heads of these kind of movement of pushing out there that we can do it and we can overcome our limitations. And this is a very, very Jewish concept also. It does have no contradiction with anything Jewish. And what I will add, which is really important to add, is the idea of vulnerability. I'm not always perfect. That's what I was saying before. I like, thanks to Rabbi Elgar, I was able to make a correction in how I remember the halachas back in the day. You know, I remember that Sheikh Yana was something that, you know, we, we all first say the Sheikh Yana before the fruit, broch on the fruit, when we see the fruit, or we say a Sheikh Yana after we've made the broch to eat the fruit, before we go to eat it. So there's a different, you know, minhagim, Ashkenaz and Svadim. But the point is that, you know, you have to constantly go over halacha so you can, and I messaged the person I was talking about it, had a meeting with him the day before, very interesting soul, about Tshuva who was involved in being a manager for big DJs, for people who remix, for dubstep, brostep, all that kind of music world. And we had a meeting together and we were discussing, you know, like, you know, this idea, this vision of music now with, with our transition into a more spiritual mindset. And it was a very powerful meeting, you know, meeting another fellow Yid who, you know, I just introduced for another friend, a mutual friend. And you start to realize that around and around as you go through life, and we spoke about this last week of emotional intelligence and not allowing the obstacles. We have a lot of obstacles to get to a normal class setting. And so that in itself gives us appreciation for when it works out. 
I mean, the truth is, it was a little bit late, but you know, at the time I did write a prox. You know, we're in Israel, everything always you have to be a little bit, you know, wary of the time points, and uh, that's part of you know life living here. There's always a bit of a balagan, and I've I've understood that with time, they always have to add in room for time, so you're flexible, and you're able once again to live without abundance. That you're not pressured. That it has to be done this minute, because once you get into that mindset, and I know that for marriage bringing up children, you can really end up making mistakes. And that, once again, brings you back to that vulnerability that you have to be vulnerable. You have to be able to say, look, you know, I'm not always perfect. You know, you know this is part of the, you know, Brene Brown mindset of now our generation. And she was just interviewed by Tim Ferriss. And it was amazing to see Tim himself. I've mentioned him before. He's all about effectiveness. and But he's also now gone on a new path of more inner. And it's just amazing. The world is waking up. I think there's a tremendous awakening in the world towards inner growth, inner development. And it's a very good time for all of us, you know, with the technology and the ability to learn and share and grow. We all have this ability now to tune in to an inner development that wasn't so available in the past. You know, like, you know, I don't even remember, like it's so available more than ever now with all the podcasts and, in, and all the different good life feeds, like we have ours now. And to appreciate this, this is in itself as abundance. So you have a choice what to watch at the end of the day, you know, like you have your machines and everyone probably has some form of way of tuning into the internet on some form, even if you only have email or text, but you have a choice what to look at. Like I've streamlined my emails and hopefully my WhatsApps and all this kind of stuff, all my groups, they should basically be positive content. And I've worked out over the last, you know, 10 years since I've, made an effort to be online for the sake of you know work and connection and joining together with my, my friends and people. Because there was a time period I had no connection, thank God, not to people, but to the internet and stuff. I was just, I, if someone wanted to call me, they had to call me, or they had to come see me. And that was good times when I was just disconnected and to really reconnect. But I'm back to now, where we're at now, you know, where there is this abundance of internet and, and technology, that what do we do with it? So we have to streamline it. We have to focus it into where it's effective. That's a very good point from Tim Ferriss, how to use everything effectively so it doesn't waste your time and doesn't give you, God forbid, like negative experiences. So just really home in on what you're using the internet for when you're available, when you can do things, when you can tune in. Like, thank God with our Breads of Israel website and all our different channels, there's so much, so much positive content coming on there and all the other, thank God, Jewish websites and, and general, like I said, even the world, the non-Jewish world, where there's a lot of inspiration coming from all these different, you know, not gurus, but people who are focused on a growth mindset, not on a scarcity mindset or a fixed mindset. They're, they're wanting to grow. And that is something which is such an availability, has such an availability, and we can say thank you to Hashem, to all the people that make effort to grow themselves and not in just a selfish way, but in a way that's, that it's done as a community and it's done as a unit, as a universe and a unity and it's done as a unit that's compatible to others and it's able to be understood that there's, the media is clear and it's done in a professional way. Like we're going to put up a nice edited video in a few days of this class and we, we shouldn't just take it by there. People sitting there editing it, you know, it takes work. 
and all the technology that went into the camera and all the technology and all the people that were involved in the whole development and right now that there's security in Israel that we can have a share without worrying about any dangers or this or that and so we thank the army and we, we thank there's so much going on at a daily level the transport that brought me back and forth when I needed to go get someone today and help them with something and all the different scenarios and then you know thank God you know personally like I have this unity flow podcast and I was talking about like just for example right now there's this the, a big change in the music world like for example Nissan Black put out Motherland Bounce it's a very big change and that that in itself is a is heading towards a, a mindset of you know that he's not just fixed into one way of being he's going on a journey and everybody in their own way is going on a journey and people find it hard you know when somebody changes a little bit how they express themselves or how they, how they used to express and then they went on a journey not to express that side of themselves and now they're re-expressing it hopefully in a holy way and you know obviously with guidance from Rav Shalom Orish because that's who his Rav is and we thank Rav Orish for his guidance in that case and we start to think you know wow this is a really like you know impactful you know change that's going on and that brings us back to where we're at right now in the Jewish calendar because it's really important to just sometimes internalize you know we have Tubishvat today and that's the idea of eating fruits and hopefully you make a bracha we mentioned before the blessings you make Shekhyana means a blessing for life that Hashem gives us constantly new things in creation and we show appreciation, we recognize that renewal of, of abundance and constant this abundance of rain. We thank Hashem in, in three times a day in davening. We thank Hashem in the Birkas and Mazen. If you would go through Hilkas Brochas, which is most people are learning Daf Yomi right now, people are learning, you know, we had the Siyam Ashas, if you, know, if you know what I'm talking about, all these words I'm saying, if you know what they mean. When the, when the Jewish people finished the Talmud and it's seven years and a half cycle, and we came to that climax. Now we are in the Masechta of blessings. That's the name of it. That's what we're learning. We're learning about blessings. And we're learning about how to thank Hashem in a correct way, according to the Rabbonim. And we know there's all different ways. And to do it with joy and appreciation and have gratitude and to just stop for a minute, have a little bit of intention before we eat, to, to have intentional mindset of mindfulness and how we approach food and drink and all the different scenarios of where we sit, or who we're with, make a zimun, make... If you start to break down Hilkas Brochas, which is where we're at right now in the sixth parak, and then that's not even talking about the beginning parts of the Krishna, and uh, we've been talking about that, the whole prayer service, and it's amazing if you start to th- realize of really what it's all about, and this was from the Talmud, which is, you know, a few thousand years old, or a bit less, but in terms of the Masorah, the tradition, all the way back to Hasinai, and that brings us to now this week. This is Kabbalah Satoya. There's no bigger gift than this divine revelation that happened. And that's all the world will know ultimately that all the wisdom and all the knowledge and all the clarity that brings so much joy to people. And it really is the key to joy because a person can't just say, ah, you know, this fun feeling of the body, you know, it just doesn't, doesn't last. You know, when you do something totally physical, it doesn't give you a fulfilling joy that's lasting like long term. It's very, it's a short moment of experience, physicality. Whereas when something's done in an intellectual, internal, in an internal spiritual level where you internalize it, like when you eat a fruit and it goes in and becomes part of you, and you internalize these wisdoms, these understandings and the understanding of the heart as well, the joy enters into the heart after a l'chaim or whatever it is, you're having a simcha, this kind of experience gives you the ability to taste worthy, to taste the sweetness of life. 
And then in the cold winter that we're in, and suddenly the sap's coming and everything's coming back to life, and this is Tubishvat, this is where we're at right now, and then we come this week to Pasha's Yisro, and we receive the Torah, the biggest gift ever in history, that there was a revelation of godliness in the world, and people say, oh, I don't believe it, do believe But that's, we're talking about Amunah here, Amunah for sure we believe, it's not a question, it's not, not even belief, it's intrinsic knowledge of experience, that there was a revelation of hundreds and thousands of people, six specifically, they say 600,000 men and a few million people. And it was an experience that was felt till now. And all the major religions agreed to it. And it's something which is affecting the world till this moment. And it's amazing how little it's talked about, such a massive event in history. You know, I, I mean, it does sort of make sense that it's covered up because it's that battle between light and darkness, and that tremendous light, it was revealed on Sinai, which is the same letters as the idea of concept of Sinai, as it says in Chazal, which is hatred. There was a hatred created at that revelation, because there was jealousy, and there was, there was anger that they, other people weren't there. But the point is that our mission is to be light unto the nations, that everyone can tune in on their level of their soul and their abilities to have a relationship with godliness and God, and God himself, the, the Hashem Achad. And that's where we get to this climax now, where we are in Shobhavim. We've been speaking about this is the last the two Parshas of Shobhavim this year. It's not a leap year. So it ends off with Yisro and Mishpotim. And this week with the climax of the Ten Commandments, Esedibris, the, the completion of the sayings of creation comes down, this tremendous revelation that we all experience on a soul level. That I am your God who took you out of Mitzrayim, and, and you should not have any other gods. This tremendous revelation that took place with Kolos and Brochim. And there was another revelation later on with Yom Kippur, we'll read about it later on, but there was that more sneers revelation, it was more quiet and inner revelation. So, you know, it's obviously the inner one was more long lasting, but the point is, and then this tremendous revelation took place. And either the first command, ten commands, or the second ten commands, second ten of the, of the, two, ten, the two tablets, or the, you know, it's a funny joke someone once said, that there was a guy, you know, who just changed the flow a little bit, of Y.Y. Jacobson, he quotes this joke, the great rabbi, and he, he says a guy walks into a school and a rabbi, and he starts asking about, you know, about the Hinuch, the education there, and there's a, a boy there who happens to be, you know, someone he knows, and he's in trouble with the teacher because apparently, you know, he, uh, he's asking in the class, you know, like, you know, about the broken tablets. So the teacher's like, you know, well, what are you talking about, you know, the broken tablets, you know, like, you, and it's a whole long joke. I don't remember exactly the main point. I mean, the, the side points, but the main point was that obviously it went through the whole school to the point where the principal said, don't worry, I'll pay for the new tablets. Told the, told the father of the boy that the tablets broke. I'll pay for the new tablet. But the boy was just trying to ask about the tablets, you know, the real tablets, the uh, Esedibris. Anyway, the point was, you have to go listen to him if you want to hear it in a funny way. But uh, what I want to say, and my point, is that this is a real revelation, and that revelation is forever. It went into our soul, and the soul part can never be broken. It's, it's an eternal point of connection, and that internalized place, which when we eat the fruits, we internalize in a really, really sincere, deep, spiritual place that I myself, growing up secular, into the world, you know, into the into the music scene and you know women and all this stuff and the money or whatever was going on in my secular lifestyle was able to suddenly awake that part of myself and it's the only way you can really explain how we spoke about it this intrinsic 
you know, the Mullahs are future of intrinsic um, values and this kind of intrinsic part of ourself that's very deep. So the concept is it was revealed in an open way. That's how power, profound it was. It wasn't just something, you know, something outside of yourself. It was something very profound and within. And that's something which the came, that came out in a revealed way. The light of Hasina wasn't just Moshe with the tablets and his big revelation, but everyone's soul experienced it. Everyone's soul flew out. Everyone's soul like rose up to, to experience the greatness of, of divine wisdom and divine revelation. They gave us a mindset that was like completely an eternal level, that there was no forgetfulness and there was no more death and no more pain, and everyone would be treating each other in a divine way, in a, in a godly way, and fine, so we went back down with some challenges, you know, that revelation went, and the concept is that the revelation was meant to go into within each person, each person was meant to become a divine chariot for that revelation, but it also went into the base of English, so they could continue on in, in the Shekhinah, in, in the base of English, in the temple, and I was just there, you know, the course of the last few weeks, and, you know, you can feel something special there, that there's some sort of revelation that's going on there as well. All the nations are drawn there on some level. And even when it's just a wall, a small part of a wall of the temple, it's not even the full, imagine the full experience of what the real temple will look like, the third temple, something we pray for, that that constant revelation in the world, in Yushalayim, in Kaddish, what, what it will be like. And that's what we pray for and yearn for. And it's coming any day, so... You better like you know get used to those concepts. That's one of the things when you part of the prayer service. It gives you training. It it gives you a sort of an experiential, and you're learning about it. You learn the Torah about it. That's the importance of learning, and that this this idea of revelation can be brought out in a daily level through learning Torah and through praying and for it and asking Hashem for it. Anyway, I want to give everyone that confidence that all of you can internalize your own level, some sort of abundance mindset that you're part of something very big and you have an opportunity in your own specific unique way to make a difference and everyone can can every single person even now with internet you can like and share you can put out the torah light into the world this amuna light this light that's universal that everyone can connect into and you can give over positivity and smile a bit more. I definitely need to work on that, be more happy. And then you can, I mean, that's a vulnerable side. Let's just be a bit more happy and admit that you're not always, but then work on it in a real way to smile and say, thank you, Hashem. And thank you to the people around you. Thank you to everything going on. You know, people underneath can say thank you on the videos. Cause it's not, you know, whatever that I'm saying here, you know, like, thank God I, I grew up in like a successful business lifestyle and this is a different, you know, flow. So there's a different kind of abundance. So we have to say thank you that we're sitting here and able to give up this time and focus. And that is like a big, that is a big point. You know, like life just doesn't come like just whatever. It's very meaningful, very deep, very profound. And it gives you a certain abundance of experiencing in a whole new level, just like when you're eating these sweet, sweet fruits and you're tasting how each one has its own unique flavor and smell and look and taste. And it's all candy from Hashem. It's all just gifts from God. All the more so the Torah, which clarifies all the thoughts and understandings, all the emotional levels. If we'd only learn Torah in such a deep way that we could bring that out. So people like Robbins, Tony Robbins, and all these other people out there in the world would know that a lot of the wisdom they're looking for and their curiosity would bring them to Torah. That would be our job as the Jewish people to get that light out there. So I appreciate all of you partnering online 
to listen and help us do that so that we can make a change in the world, a change that lasts forever. So everyone should have a beautiful rest of the week. Take these ideas, this concept of abundance, there's a tremendous abundance and have a wonderful mindset of joy and it should lift us up. God himself should help us and give us the strength to go ahead in everything we do with Mashiach, Sakana and Binyan Bayashlishi. Remember this third house is going to be built. Behavior remain soon in our days. Amen.